We're talking about peace because I, again tonight, today, I, I, I hopefully, not hopefully, we want the Lord to be in control. So this may be the last service for we minister on peace for a while. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's so important right now. Amen. And the reason it's so important, uh, if you would back there, uh, Colton, pull up for me uh, Exodus chapter 14. It's in, it's in my list from this morning. Same. It's right there at the very first of the list of scriptures I gave you. It's just uh, why that peace is so important. It says, the Lord will fight while you hold on to your peace. That, that's really important. The Lord will fight. The Lord will do the fighting. And so many times we're trying to do God's part. And God says we do our part. But the Lord says, the Lord will fight for you. <clears throat> while you. Everybody say, while you. Hold on to your peace. While you hold on to your peace. Peace is just so important. There's no substitute for it because it is one of the major characteristics of the kingdom of God. It is righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, joy is a... And we may be moving right into the release of joy uh, out of the cross. But I just want you to think about this peace. I want you to ask yourself, how much peace do you really have? Now, if ever you question whether you have real peace, where it's got... Now it's a, everybody says it's a supernatural peace. In fact, the Bible describes it as a peace that surpasses all understanding. Uh, that, is, that Greek word, surpasses all understanding, it means it's so supernatural, there is no explanation of it. That's why the surpassing peace is, is it's a, it's a supernatural peace in its original language. It's a supernatural peace that there is no rational explanation of it that you won't be able to tell people why you have peace other than God gave me this peace. And Jesus classified, and in the book of St. John, he classified peace into our life as a gift. So it's a gift. It's given by God. Now, there are certain things that we need to do to restore our peace, and that's what we're going to talk about a few minutes tonight, is how to restore. When you recognize an area of your life where there's not peace, you don't have real peace over a situation. See, because peace is so important. Not only, see, you're holding on to your peace. God's fighting your battles. And the way you know to be led, because you're led by that same peace. See, God wants to lead you in life. The Bible says we're led by that peace. It's so important to recognize supernatural peace. Or you never know. The, the peace that God is, puts in us is so supernatural. The Bible says we're supposed to be able to understand whether we turn to the right hand or to the left. We're to be led by it and we're to have be direction. Our lives find direction from it. That's a supernatural peace. So we're supposed to be able to recognize. Not something we guess about. Not something we're supposed to. It's something that we recognize. There's a real peace in me. I don't have any understanding. It, it surpasses all understanding. The peace of God that I have over these individual situations. Now, you may have real peace in your life over certain areas. And then certain areas have no peace. So what you've got to do, you've got to struggle and fight in those areas that you have no peace. You've got to struggle and fight until those give way to God's peace in you. Because the truth of the matter is God has already given us. God's already given us peace. But it's released into our life as we simply walk in trust of God. 
And, uh, and then, like I said, then it's, it's the direction finder. It's, it's what lets you know whether you need to stop or whether you need to go or whether you need to turn the right or whether you need to turn the left. Now, if I was to ask, how many of you in this place right now, you know of real, real uh, life and death situations that were headed off by God letting you feel a peace? I mean, just a peace in your life and realizing, or you feel a stop. Gwen? Others of you? Yeah, all right. Carolyn? Yeah, yeah, all, yeah Jerry, y'all. Yeah, there's, that you recognize that it's been life and death situations that we've all faced, but because we would have no peace and we recognize it right away that peace is not in this trip <laughs> or peace is not in this path, and then we would pull back from it, and then as we would, then everything stays together. And so, peace of battle. So, you hold on to peace, and then God fights your battles. Now, the way to know whether you don't have peace or you have peace in an area is that very easily. What's coming out of you? Peace responds in peace. There's peace in you. There's a peace. That's why Jesus, when he spoke to the, uh, when he spoke to the winds and the waves, he just said, peace be still. I mean, that same peace that was in his heart was what came out against the storm. So you have to ask yourself this question. Does peace come out of me? Or does the storm come out of me? If the storm is coming out of you, then you don't have any peace there. And truly, because it's one of the major characteristics of the kingdom of God... Righteousness, peace, and joy. Then it has to be in play for the miraculous power of God to be able to work in our lives the way God wants it to. I mean, protection, well-being, health, safety, all of that is dependent upon the peace of God in your life. I mean, you can walk through a horrible situation with the peace of God. Now... What we, I mentioned this morning, what we all want to come to where you don't even recognize the storm. Have you ever, have any of you ever slept through a bad storm? Man, I do in, in my house. I mean, we'll, we'll have a horrible storm, and then you wake up the next morning, you, you walk out there, and man, there's limbs everywhere, and you say, well, I slept right through it. Well, that's what Jesus did. He just slept right through it. Amen. See? See, he had such peace in his heart, but that's what peace can do. Peace can cause everything around you to be touched and you won't be touched. Everything around you can be flying loose, but you won't be. So the way you detect it is you detect it, what's coming out of me? What's coming? It's when, because there should be the response. If peace is in me, there should be the response of peace. Now, peace is all-inclusive. Peace has to do, first, with my peace with God. That... And that's to be settled at the cross. My peace with God. And then my peace then with people. Uh, there may be people that are doing you horribly. But you've got to have a peace with that. And also then peace has to do with timing. A lot of people lose their peace if, if their prayers go a while being answered. You can't do that. You've got to have peace that holds on. Everybody say, God's fighting for me if I'm holding on to it. 
You've got to hold on to your peace, no matter how long it is. See, what God is, is a supernatural peace that's beyond understanding. All right, so you're not going to be able to understand it. You're going to, you're going to say, oh, man, God's forgot about me, or God's not going to do this. Or, you, can't, you can't respond that way. Your trust is in God, and your trust is in the Lord, and that's what releases that peace into your life. I trust God. I trust God to handle this for me. I trust God to work it out with them. I can trust God to win this battle. I can trust the Lord. I can leave it to them. And, and really, most of the times when we stop and ask ourselves why we don't have peace like we were talking about this morning, we, we can answer that. <laughs> We can, there's a real answer to that. And usually, if I stop and ask myself why I'm not having peace, immediately I know. Because I'm letting fear voices speak to me instead of God's voices speak to me. And so, I said this morning, the fear is anticipation of what the devil's going to do. So, what, so, if you allow the fear voices to speak to you, if you allow fear especially over your children, let me say, that if you let fear voices speak to you, then you, you're anticipating what the devil's going to do. You're, you're really releasing the devil to do it. Where faith is the opposite of, and peace is the opposite of that. It's what you're expecting God to do. Now, the truth of the matter, if we believe the promise, if we believe in that promise, I should be looking for God to do it. Amen. And so then time is, is not an important issue. I want to give you a quick testimony uh, about Brian Simmons. Brian Simmons is the translator of the Passion Bible. Uh, just a wonderful man, what I know of him. I've tried to read a lot about him because I wanted to know if, if somebody was translating the Bible for, for me that I love and enjoy. And I tell you what, the, the Passion Bible, it stimulates two things in me. One thing that stimulates me is an extreme love for God it, because it, does, it, just, it just sets it off. The other thing it sets off inside of me is a real warfare mentality. It's a sense of war, a sense of battle. It gets me ready for the battlefield, you know. I mean, I mean you know, if you're going into basic training, that they usually wouldn't give you a, a Better Homes and Garden book to read, Right? Because it, they're opposite poles to each other if you're going in war. And so I, I found it, that's why it does it. Let me give you a quick testimony. Brian Simmons was called of God, uh, him and his wonderful wife, were called of God to be missionaries. And they had, they had completed everything that they could complete to move into the mission field. But all of a sudden it came up to the very day that they were to go into language school. The very day that they came to go up to language school, and they had prayed, they had a real peace of God, that God had called them as, missions, uh, as missionaries, God had called them to the mission field, God wanted to, them to do some dramatic work with a certain group of people, and they had a real peace that they were in God. On the very day that they were going to language school, none of their money worked. They had not, I, I think they, they have a little testimony, like they had five pennies to their name. But they had no money. And they just, they just had been blundering ahead with that. Not, didn't, didn't have peace. But they was blundering ahead just expecting God to provide. So it came right down to it to the very day they were to leave for language school. And finally the Holy Spirit came to them. And said, you have no peace in this movement. You have peace in my call. 
but you don't have peace in this movement that you're doing. You're moving ahead. And Brian gives this wonderful testimony how that one of the hardest things he did was admit to everyone that he was called, but he didn't have what it took to get there. He said he had to move back to his hometown, go back to his home church, get a regular job, and feel humiliated. He said then while he was doing that, he developed heart trouble. And so, emergency situation, he was placed in the hospital and said during the time that he was in the hospital, he said, but even in all of this, he had the peace. He had the peace in moving back. He had the peace. But it, wasn't, but it was humiliating to him. You understand? How many know God knows how to destroy our pride? Man, he just knows how to work our pride right down. And so he said that, but he had a peace. He had a peace moving back. He had a peace getting the job. He had a peace going back to his home church and, and letting them know he missed it. He shouldn't have stepped out, but he did. And so he had a peace with all that. And said, then when he even went in the hospital with heart trouble, he still had a peace at doing that. And he says, though, when he was in the hospital, a man came back into his life just for a brief visit. A guy came to see him in a hospital that he hadn't seen in a long, long time. And so Brian then was still yet, even prior to translating the, the Passion Bible, he wrote little books, little books about God. And little book, if you read some of his books, you know, he's a bo- uh, usually books about hearing God, hearing the voice of God and that area. And said so he took one of his books and gave him to this man that he knew was unsaved. And said, so out of all of the incidents that happened, that was the only little different thing that happened in their life other than the normal activities, moving back, getting a job, renewing things with families, all that stuff. And said, and said, so he, then when he got out of the hospital, the little guy that he gave him the book to invited him to have dinner with him. So he said, uh, to be nice, he had peace and all this, and so he went to have dinner with this guy. When he, had, when he had dinner with this guy, he ended up leading this guy to the Lord. Now, this guy happened to be a pretty famous race car, race car driver. When the guy got saved, then he turned around and was able to lead his wife to the Lord. Right after they were saved, that couple felt a call to go to the mission field. They answered that call to go to the mission field, and they went to one of the unreached tribal groups in the, in the, uh, in the world that's left and won the whole tribe to the Lord. What I'm telling you, there's reasons why. Now, did, did Brian find, Yes, because the race car driver went and sold a couple of his race cars and put him through school and took care of him, so the money was taken care of. Well, I mean, there's reasons. You understand? You've got to keep peace because there's reasons when things don't work out sometimes. And I'm sure God the Father looked down at that situation and judged that. He said, well, which is, you know, am I going to let Brian go through a little bit of discomfort and a little bit of humbling? To save a whole people group that doesn't know anything about Jesus? I mean, that's a Billy Graham type story. Amen. That's, that's, uh, that's the reaching of a Billy Graham, see. And so God is working things far bigger and far better than we can understand. And I, I feel this again. That there's someone that you really care about that's not giving their heart to the Lord. Someone here not giving their heart to the Lord, but I believe the Lord wants you to know there's a timing that God's working. Don't worry, just keep peace. 
as long as you hold on to peace, God will take care of the situation. And there's a timing that God's working in the process of it. Amen? So if you, if you want to learn the steps of renewing, of, of, of renewing peace in your heart over those areas that would seemingly not, you can do that in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Because 2 Chronicles chapter 20 is the steps to renew how to get peace back again once you have lost that peace. And I, I just want to read for you the last, the 30, I think, the 30th verse. 2 Chronicles, can you find it, chapter 20? Uh, oh, here it is. Now, the very first verse is, is the, the battle. Jehosh- Jehoshaphat has been at peace. He's been at peace leading his nation caring for uh, Judah, caring for them. And all of a sudden, he finds that there's a battle that's been allowed against him. And, and the battle is... Uh... Okay, I want you to drop all the way to verse 30. I want to show you that. That's the beginning. That's, that's the, everybody say, that's the storm. That's where the storm started. He was doing everything right, and then everything went wrong. Jehoshaphat was doing everything right. When you read about Jehoshaphat, he's, Jehoshaphat is the son of Asa, and his, his, his father was a godly man. So godly. He was raised in a godly home, godly situation. The, the only thing that Jehoshaphat did possibly that was wrong, he had this, he would make friends and allegiances with people that God wouldn't want him to. But he tried to learn from that mistake. But in the process of chapter 20, is the storm comes. It's just like Jesus sleeping in the bottom of the boat, gets up, storm's taking place. Wow. Everything's going haywire. But then verse 30, so Je- notice the end. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was what? Was at peace, for his God had given him, most versions say rest, but rest in peace is the same word. God had given him peace on every side. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? How many like to wake up one morning and you find peace on every side? Man, whoa, wouldn't that be a dream life? (laughs) Uh, Wouldn't that be such a powerful, wonderful dream life where every side of your life had peace? You look that way and everything's at peace. Look that way at peace and look that way at peace. Everywhere you look, peace, peace, peace. Man, that would be wonderful. Well, that was the end result. Now, everything in between those, everything in between verse 1 and verse 30 is steps of restoration of peace. Because the first thing that happened is that Jehoshaphat feared. The first thing that took place is he had to fight to keep his trust. He had to fight for trust. And that's what you've got to do. When you recognize, like I said, what's coming out of you. Notice what's coming out of you. Is worry coming out of you? How are you responding to your situation? Is worry, is fear. If it's coming out, you don't have peace. You've got to get peace in that area. Now, let me say again, you may have peace in every other area of your life. But every other area of your life be held together because you've got peace. But it's the place you don't have peace that's going to fly apart on you. And so the place that you don't have peace is the, is the, is the area that you've got to fight for. And, and I, I said this morning, but it's so important. And instead of just bombarding heaven to change that situation, you need to bombard heaven to get your peace first. Peace, because unless God has said, puts peace in your heart over that, and you know, when you get peace in your heart, 
it won't matter. It really won't matter what it looks like. It really won't matter what they say. It really won't matter. It really won't. How long it takes. It really won't. Because you're trusting God. Because you're trusting the Lord. The Lord's not going to let you show up at, at the end of the line. God's not going to bless everybody else and then let you tag in. You know, the way we, we used back in the, in the 60s and 70s, all of us was in our uh, uh, early 20s. Man, everybody was talking about the coming of the Lord. Well, we was wanting the coming of the Lord, but not right then because we wanted to enjoy some things here first. <laughs> and so that's the way it is. We think that, you know, well, if this thing takes a long time, if the thing takes a long let me tell you what, God can do more in six months God can help you to live more than six months than you can in a lifetime chasing it yourself. God, God can bring more joy. God can heap it on your life and, and such. So you let God be concerned. And you just trust. You get in the area of trust. Say, Lord, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care. I love you. I trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you with what's happening. I trust you with these issues. I trust you. I'm not going to lose my, my peace over this situation. And most of, most of the time, you can catch little issues that hasn't built strongholds of fear in you. You can catch just that easy. You, just that, you can just stop. I'm, I'm in my life all the time, all the time, I recognize that I'm not, I'll be talking to somebody, I'll be talking the problem. I'll be talking to somebody, and before I know it, I've, I've, I've went against it. And so I know that I don't have peace over that. And usually when I recognize that, I can just simply ask, say, Jerry, why aren't you in peace? I can usually ask myself that, and usually it's something really small that I've just neglected to continue to do. And so I can back, up, back myself up, get back into the Scriptures, and to get, in, get into peace. Everybody say, I can trust God. I can trust God. Amen. The fear of the Lord came over all over. I love this. This one, verse 29 too. said, the fear of the Lord came over the kingdoms in that area when they heard how, Lord, how the Lord waged war against their enemies. Man, God wants everybody. God wants to be so good to you that everybody is going to hear how good God is to you. God wants to be so good to you. So you've just got to find that peace. Some of you are in a battle, and you've got to find the peace in the battle. Others of you are in a prison-type situation. You're locked up, and you've got to find peace in that situation. Even if you're in... Bonds and if you're in locks and, and you're shut down and, and man, you're eating rats for lunch. You, you just, you still got to find a peace in that situation. You've got to find peace in that situation. And some of you are in a desert. Man, you're in a real desert area. You, you, uh, the spirit of depression is chasing you down and you become, uh, uh, you're running for your life and maybe Jezebel's after you with, with four guns, you know. But, but in that desert, you've got to learn to find peace. Amen. Amen. Now, Elijah had to learn to find peace. And he was in that situation, in that desert. You know what he did? He ran to the mountain of the Lord. He went into that cave, and he couldn't come out, really, until he heard the Lord's voice. Now, ultimately, that's what's going to bring you the ultimate peace. But until you hear God's voice, somebody say, the Word will do. The Word will do. And I, I want to ask you that question. I wrote down my notes. Why won't the Word do? Why not just believe the Word and let the Word give you peace? Why not just believe God's Word and let the Word of God give you, give you peace? All right, you've got to fight to trust God. Everybody say, I've got to fight to trust God. Amen. All right, then you've got to, 
you've got to be able, in verse 13 of, of 7 Chronicles chapter 20, it says that one of the processes that they did, they stood before the Lord. And that's, that's probably the hardest place because most of us are impatient. But you've got to know that your answer to your peace is in the Lord. And it's hearing God. And the Word of God has... has, has and, that, and that's why God allows these situations. So the Word of God will become powerful and precious to us. A lot of times we'll run around the country looking for a word. Or a lot of times we, we won't think we got anything to stand on. We're going to... We're almost become word peddlers, you know. You got a word for me? Let me tell you the word of God that you have between those two leather covers you have. It's enough to steal your storm. And it's enough to stop it. Can you say amen? So it's just, it's just real important. Now let me ask you, what is prophecy anyway? What is, what is prophecy? I want to stir your spirit up. Because, see, peace is the conjunction of trust and the Holy Spirit. It's the conjunction. Peace is the conjunction. Because everywhere you find peace, peace is of the Holy Spirit. Peace is when the Holy Spirit takes your trust that's in the Lord. And the result of it is peace. What is prophecy? What's the Bible say? First, first Corinthians tells us that prophecy is. Speaking unto men into what? Three arenas. Y'all help me tonight because my mind's not working well. So y'all think I'm just setting you up. I'm really trying to get you to help me preach this message. <laughs> Speaking unto men into what? Speaking encouragement amen edification comfort and what's the third one help me what's the second one I thought y'all knew scriptures edify all right hey sister Emma you finally got it praise God (laughs) now that's general prophecy that, that's, that's not prediction prophecy. Uh, what I want you to know, this is the kind of prophecy that God expects every person to be able to speak over their own personal lives and over the lives of those that you love and come in contact with. That's when you have been in the Word. And the Word of God flows out of you. If you put the Word in, the Word's going to come out. So as you put the Word of God in you, it comes out of you in edification and in comfort. It comes out. What's the the third one? Y'all help me. Exhortation. Amen. It comes out. See, God, God God expects us to be able, through the Word of God that's inside us, to always be able to exhort somebody. While the Lord says, why the word says why the word says God expects that to be general prophecy that can flow out of our lives at any time and every person the Bible says every person in the body of Christ can share that kind of prophecy 
It's your trust in God's Word. It's a confidence in God's Word that the Word of God cannot fail. And out of that, every person can share. Now, that's not prediction. That's a higher level of prophecy. But every person in this place is expected. Now, but God doesn't want me to just be able to edify others. In fact, the Bible says, speaking unto yourselves. What I'm trying to tell you, that peace is not going to come till you begin to take that word and begin to speak that word to yourself. You've got to take a hold of the promises of God. That's what Jehoshaphat had to do. He had to, he had to allow the word. He would stand before God. You, you've got to bring yourself to stand before God in the word and in prayer. And you've got to make that commitment of re- restoring peace. Re- peace will not be restored. In fact, the Bible says, don't worry about anything. And what? What's next for? Man, I thought you were. I, man, I didn't know I was going to have to bring so many notes with me tonight. Y'all are supposed to be helping me preach this message. What? Don't worry about anything. Pray about And what? And what's the next part? Make your request. Y'all getting close. Y'all getting close. And the peace of God. will keep your heart and your mind. Amen. So if you're going to have peace in your heart, you're going to have to stand before God. You're going to have to stand before the Lord as far as receiving His Word. You're going to have to dig into His promises. And you're going to have to convince yourself that God will not fail. You're going to have to convince yourself. The Holy Spirit will help you because the Holy Spirit, as you trust God's Word, the Holy Spirit is going to take that and mingle it together and bring out peace in your life. You're going to have to begin to trust God. And then you're going to have to stand before God in prayer. Because peace will not come. Because what? Don't worry about anything. Man, y'all getting all these scriptures mixed up. Y'all be quiet. (laughs) Oh. Praise God. We got to stand before the Lord in prayer and got to stand before God. There's going to be no substitute for it. That's the go ahead and stand for me. That's the answer to our life. And in the process of it, as it did with Jehoshaphat, as he was standing before God, the Lord had a prophet that began to speak. And the prophet began to say, This battle is not yours this battle is really the Lord's and in the midst of that promise words were given to Jehoshaphat and then Jehoshaphat knew the importance of guarding those words in fact he said you got to believe what the prophets are telling you if you're going to be able to prosper So you've got to stand before God in prayer and in that word. Everybody say, now the word's enough. Everybody say it again. The word's enough. The word's enough. If I just got a scripture, the word's enough. But I'm going to stand before God. And then the Holy Spirit is going to come and give you a rhema word. He's going to speak it. And then you've got something to fight back that fear with. You've got the sword of the Spirit. 
that you're going to be able to fight back that fear. Hallelujah. Somebody, I'm going to fight it back. I'm going to take that sword of the Spirit. I'm going to take that rhema word of the Lord. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to fight. Somebody say, I'm going to fight back that fear. I'm not going to allow this fear to run my life. I'm not going to allow this fear to rule my life. I'm going to fight back that fear. And I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to believe the word that God tells me. Shout it out. I'm going to believe the word that God tells me. I'm going to believe the... Come on, shout it to the devil. I'm going to believe the word that God tells me. I'm going to believe... I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to hold on to that peace until that storm is gone. Amen. And my miracle has come home for the glory of the Lord.